0: If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano,
1: Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of the Mind Pump, look, we talk all about fitness, health, building muscle, burning body fat, but we also talk about current events and have a lot of fun. Here's what we talked about in the first 40-minute intro Of this episode, I talk about the two cannabinoids that you may not have heard of, cannabichromine and cannabigerol, uh, and of course, other cannabinoids. Now, they all work better together. So, if you're just taking CBD, you might want to look into getting the entourage effect, make um, it a party, which is actually found in the hemp oil extract of the company Ned. Now, we work with Ned. They, in our opinion, are the best quality hemp oil extract. They have independent lab resor- results showing all the different cannabinoids, and we have a discount for you. If you go to helloned.com, that's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com forward slash pump, you'll get 15% off your first purchase. Uh, the next thing we talked about was uh, the Denver event. We gave a little recap on uh, our what seems now has become our favorite city. Great audience over there. Also, always very humbling. We talked about how Viori uh, was rated the number one athleisure brand by Business Insider, also experiencing triple-digit growth. Now, find out why Viori is number one and why they're crushing so hard. They make uh, amazing athleisure wear. It looks good. You just got to put their clothes on. And it feels good. Um, uh, And if you go to their website and use our discount, you'll get a fat discount. So here's what you do. Go to Clothing com That's V-U-O-R-I clothing.com forward slash pump There's going to be a code listed on that page. It'll give you 25% off any of their products. Then I talked about a podcast I heard about SIBO, that's small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. If you have IBS or gut issues, studies are showing that you're likely to have SIBO. So you might want to listen to that part of this episode. Then we talked about South Park, how much we love South Park. Justin brought up Pampers Smart Diapers. Uh, I guess they're making electronic diapers now? Yeah, dude. Kind of weird. There's some people marketing uh, and making money on the uh, Area 51 issue that's going on online. Please don't storm Area 51. (laughs) Don't do it. So stupid. You're going to get shot. Yep. We talked about how Endgame now passed Avatar as the number one movie of all time, but also Disney has rights to Avatar 2. Are they going to rule the world soon? I I think so. I'm buying shares right as we speak. I'm less scared than Amazon. Then we get into the fitness portion of this episode. The first fitness question, does foam rolling actually help or is it more of a short-term solution? In other words, is foam rolling part of the long-term solution to solve your pain issues? The next question, how should you train and eat for combat sports like boxing and MMA? So we talk about the right type of weight training if those are your priorities, boxing and mixed martial arts. The next question, should a person who wants to become a good leader first develop themselves as a team player? In other words, is it essential to know how to be a team player in order to be a good leader? And the the, the final question, um, if uh, we all trained each other, in other words, if Justin and I trained Adam, or if Adam and Justin trained me, or if Adam and I trained Justin – uh, what would we train them on? What are the programs we'd have them follow? How would we do the nutrition? Uh, and uh, what would they look like at the end of the training? Um, also, this month, Maps Anywhere, the program that we designed that is without equipment. In other words, you can follow this program, get great results, and you can do it at home, in the office, while you travel, because it requires no equipment. All you need are resistance bands and your body weight. It's extremely effective. That program is 50 percent off it's half off this month only so go to mapswhite.com that's m-a-p-s-w-h-i-t-e dot com and use the code anywhere 50 that's anywhere e r e five zero. no space for the discount make sure you go do it now because this promotion will not be back until late next year
0: t-shirt on! And it's t-shirt time. Ah oh, shit, Doug, you know it's my favorite time of the week. <laughs> yeah. We have three winners for iTunes and two winners for Facebook. The winners for iTunes, DLie96, Alpha Heather, and J Crosby01 for Facebook, Tiffany Farino, Michael Hepburn. All of you are winners in the name I just read to iTunes at mindpumpmedia.com. Send your shirt size, your shipping address, include your Instagram handle. And we'll get that shirt right out to you. Feels good to be a winner. I've been reading a lot
1: about uh, the the value of the other cannabinoids in the cannabis plant and the hemp plants. CBG. CBG, CBC. So for for a long time now, um, most of the study that's been done since cannabis kind of uh, has elevated itself from the... You know, it's a drug. You know, category. To now, we understand that there's medicinal applications, there's therapeutic applications, there's other things that cannabinoids do besides make you high, which is like the THC one, right? Right. And a lot of the science initially went to CBD. That became the the most studied besides THC cannabinoid. And we know this now. CBD is they're putting it in absolutely everything. Right. Well, one thing that uh, people need to understand is the studies are. So far, okay, again, there's a lot of new stuff coming out, but so far the studies are showing quite clearly that for cannabinoids to exert their most beneficial effects, they do much better when they're in the presence of other cannabinoids. So, isolating CBD, taking it by itself, it's not going to give you nearly the benefits as when it's combined with other cannabinoids, and the scientists call this the uh, the entourage effect. So, for example, THC, which everybody's familiar with, right? That's the one that makes you high. If you have pure THC, which a lot of people don't know this. Did you guys know that THC in synthetic form has been a medication or an approved medicine for a long time? Yeah,
2: they come in these little round brown and orange gel caps.
1: Yes, it's been around for a long time. Not very popular, though, because the side effect of paranoia and anxiety is high. Yeah. So a lot of people would take these, you, this, this, what's the, oh God, what is the pharmaceutical name of THC, Doug? Maybe you can find, I can't believe I forgot the name of it. But anyway, a lot of people don't like it because a high percentage. <laughs> 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 Terahadrocorzoligol.
3: Awesomeness. Yeah. yeah, yeah no, yeah, I That not yeah, terrible. terrible. Yeah.
1: Syntha weed. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but anyway, it, uh, it, Marinol, Marinol is the name of it. Um, uh, no, no need to keep looking, Doug. But anyway, people would take it, and in, in a large percentage or a significant percentage, would come back and be like, "This shit makes me paranoid." Or, you know, I get anxious; I can't take it. When you take THC with CBD and other cannabinoids, uh, the instance of negative effects greatly, like hugely, diminishes. Here's another one: um, the memory loss effects that come from THC, the short-term memory loss. You know, the whole stereotype of. The stoner who's like, I forgot, or whatever. That greatly
2: and, diminishes after, what, a one-to-one ratio? You're the one that kind of put me on that.
1: Yes, when you have uh, other cannabinoids present, um, it reduces the, the the short-term you know memory loss that can happen from a lot of THC. So anyway, a lot of the study was done on CBD. Pharmaceutical companies were super interested. Now, of course, CBD is getting hoarded out. Uh, all these supplement companies who have zero understanding or don't even attempt to understand how to really maximize it are putting... CBD by itself and everything. There are no other cannabinoids. There are, there are no terpenes in there. Terpenes is a whole other subject. Those are the mm-hmm. compounds in cannabis and hemp that make it. That give it its smell. That also, uh, you know, can contribute to its uh, beneficial effects. So they'll just isolate CBD, put it in something, and that's if you're lucky. Usually there is no real CBD. It's just it's all hype right now. Like the CBD burger from Carl's Jr. Like I'm pretty sure you're not getting shit in there, but uh, you know, processed food or whatever. So I've been reading and trying to look up on studies on other cannabinoids because there's a lot on CBD, but there was very little on the other cannabinoids, but two stood out. One is CBG, uh, cannabigerol, which uh, uh, cannabigerol uh, acid, CBGA, um, is the kind of like the parent cannabinoid. So th- so the cannabis plant and the hemp plant will take CBG and turn it into CBD and other cannabinoids. So it's like the parent Cannabinoid. This is kind of interesting because it may have more of a balancing effect um, than CBD. And the studies on CBG right now are showing all the benefits of CBD: the anti-inflammatory effects, enzyolytic, which is like non-anti-anxiety you know, effects. Uh, I said anti-inflammatory, the uh, the uh, anti um, or or immunomodulating effects. So people with you know, autoimmune issues, CBG is showing that it's just as good as CBD, maybe even better. Definitely when they're both uh, present. And then CBC, cannabichromine, uh, is a fascinating one. Cannabichromine, I actually brought it up because this one I was just recently reading about. Uh, Cannabichromine has been shown to uh, uh, encourage the human brain to grow by increasing the viability of developing brain cells in a process known as neurogenesis. So CBC actually stimulates fucking neurogenesis no way yes. I, thought, I thought fasting was the only thing yeah, that we that found to like do that so th- that's why this is so damn uh, interesting wow. fascinating Com- hmm. combining the two and interesting. It, and here's the thing too high uh consistent high use of thc has been shown to shrink uh, certain parts uh, of the brain um especially in adolescence um cbc may be a cannabinoid that will prevent some of those negatives that'll happen. So it's sort of like the built-in balance of if you have
3: like THC in the plant, like that, it already has that sort of like balanced uh, chemical. That's property the beauty too. of all this.
1: Right? Now
2: yeah. we were, you were talking to me about this, you know, off air a couple days ago uh, or last week sometime, and I know that one of the things you were really interested to discuss, and I asked you about was. Did you know if uh, Ned had CBG in there? And w- did you get a chance? Since we just went to their event that they held for us, did you get a chance to talk to them? Yes. So
1: this? I took them aside, and before I said this on the podcast, I wanted to just ensure that um, you know that I, I would I would be speaking with integrity. So I took the boys aside. By the way, those guys are great. Uh, the owners of Ned, super down to earth, super cool guys. Uh, that's one of the reasons why we started working with them back when they are small, and now they're obviously massive and and growing. And I took them aside and I said, hey, I've been doing a lot of reading on uh, CBG. And right away, they interrupt me. They're like, oh, cannabigerol. They're like, oh, no, that one's huge. CBC is another big one. And then they were showing me that the lab reports on their hemp oil extract, because here's the thing, NED is not a CBD-only oil. It definitely has CBD present. But the reason why NED, uh, why people are saying it's so much more effective is because it's full spectrum. So they take high quality hemp that's been bred to be high in some of these beneficial cannabinoids and they extract it, concentrate it, but they don't remove cannabinoids or terpenes or anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, In fact, you can smell and taste it a little bit when you take it. Um, It's got all of the cannabinoids and they said that some of their batches tested as high as 6% CBG, which is freaking awesome. And CBG and CBC in particular are fascinating because uh, of their effects on um, bowel inflammation. So people with like Crohn's disease mm. um, uh, and you know irritable bowel syndrome, or just a lot of these disorders of the gut, which makes me wonder if that's why the enzyolytic effects from Ned. This is all anecdote right now. The rest of what I'm about to say is anecdote. So no studies yet, but the anecdotes that I'm getting from people are. I've tried uh, pure CBD. It didn't really do a whole lot for my anxiety. Hemp, the the ned oil did uh, a lot for my anxiety, and I'm wondering if it's through if it's mediated through the gut, because mm. I know gut inflammation um, is strongly correlated now to uh, anxiety and you know mental stuff. Because now yeah. we're seeing that it affects the, the brain. I mean, it's the second brain, right? It's the gut. But um, anyway, yeah, that's fascinating. Fascinating shit, and because I think what we're gonna find in the future with cannabinoids is uh, you got to give, if you want to really get the maximal effects, they got to you. You want to use all of them, not just you know one or two that we think are the best. And and it was funny the way they explained CBD to me was uh, CBD, CBG, and some of the other some of these others. For example, with CBD, it doesn't attach to the two cannabinoid receptors that we're familiar with. And so, for a long time, like they were, they were thinking, "Well, how, how does it work then? What is it doing?" Mm-hmm. And the way they explained it to me was brilliant. Um, he said that uh, it, it's like it's, it's like shaking the receptors and shaking them clean, so that more of them are open for your own natural uh, cannabinoid production, oh, or for other cannabinoids. Hmm. That's why that's why when you take them with uh, other cannabinoids, or they just work in harmony together. Which you know, I'm going to get a little woo woo now, but it's it seems to be how nature works. You know what I mean? There's always kind of this kind of balancing effect from Yeah, you see that a lot in plants.
3: Uh especially the ones that have like a poison or something. There's always like this counter, like the anecdote is
1: right there. Or
3: the antidote,
1: I should yeah, yeah, say. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's wild, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating stuff. But anyway, um uh I was shout out to them for helping us put together a phenomenal event. I, I have to say Denver's crowd probably one of my favorites. Yes. Yeah, they were awesome. It was it was great energy there. I mean, that was the earliest event we've
3: done so far, so it was interesting cuz we got there at like 11 or something. Yeah. Like everybody was
2: already there. Yeah, I know. I was
3: like, "Whoa. Yeah, this you know. is going to be
2: great." That was my favorite for sure. I mean, the people were just rad. The event was awesome. Ned put on a uh, you know, put on a great place for us. Like that was all awesome, but the people, dude. I really really connected with all the people. And not that we don't connect with everybody from all the places that we go, but um they did they just they seemed uh, more like all of us and i know you were talking to some people uh before we went there like people were trying to speculate like you know why we had such a huge sellout crowd there faster than anywhere else because there was a ton of people that didn't make it i got a ton of dms and people were like damn it i missed it before it sold out i ran into uh, a listener at the airport on the way out that didn't you know did a get? chance oh you did go. oh that's cool yeah so i mean there was a lot of people that didn't even get into it
1: um so I, I think it's that they the they tell what from what I heard from what they tell me is that our sense of humor the way we view things uh, aligns with the crowd uh, in Denver because you'll notice with Denver for for example their politics they can go both sides you know they they can be liberal on some things conservative on other things um, and we tend to be like that right we can be kind of open minded with with and and then our sense of humor they said it's a midwestern they said a sense of humor connects with that kind of midwest type of crowd but mm. I don't know man they were. Awesome, awesome crowd. 100% will be a regular stop now. For sure. And yeah. and Denver now has become one of my favorite cities. It's a big city, great place to go hang out. We went to some bars afterwards. I couldn't believe how clean it was yeah. for a big city. Yeah, I didn't see any riffraff. Yeah. I didn't see any, you know. That's why I'm excited too. Cold. Cold. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's too cold. You saw that storm. We
2: How crazy was that? 85 and thunderstorms so it's like it was dumping for yeah, like an hour board far. shorts and a parka is it just the came in
3: and out just like that
2: yeah I mean it was dumping hard. could you imagine being a bum and getting hit by that oh <laughs> man you're yeah, fucked dude uh... So, and, that, and everybody that, like, all the Uber drivers and everybody that lived there was, like, it was no big deal. I mean, I was out there. It was so crazy. I was videotaping it. I'm like, oh, flash flood warning. Yeah, tree, lightning all over the place. Yeah, lightning, tree looks like the blower, and then, like, all of a sudden, whoop, like, clears up. Oh,
1: it's gone now. Uh, oh, but, yeah, no, everybody was super friendly, too, um, and one of the best stakes I ever had was uh, in Denver. Yeah. We had it at the at the hotel. The the hotel we were at, their their restaurant
2: which was a good restaurant. Yeah, shout out to Hotel Indigo. That's the second time we've stayed at that chain. We stayed there in LA also. That's yeah. a I, I like that hotel.
1: Yeah, their their steak was incredible, but the the crowd was phenomenal. Everybody was super appreciative. And uh I you know, I get emotional uh thinking about it because you know, these people you know, they 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 we we put out our information, uh, but we don't choose our audience. They choose us. You know what I'm saying? So it's like such an honor to sit there and meet people that, you know, chose to, you know, follow Mind Pump and, yeah. you know, do our programs and whatever and it's
3: take great. the information and run with it and apply it in totally different avenues. Like it's just so great to see other professionals there that uh really appreciate, you know, our perspective and then can also you know, reinterpret that same, you know, thought process going into, like, physical therapy or, you know, all these other, like, health professions. I
2: was also uh, really impressed with uh, the trainers that did come to this event. Um, every time we could do an event, uh, not just the Mind Pump Lives, but when we do our tours around locally and, and do go to gyms and pop up and talk to trainers – Uh, always I ask, you know, who owns Prime and Prime Pro? And it it always blows my mind how many people that are trainers that listen to the show that don't own those two programs. And this was the first place that we went to that... Like, everybody did. Yes. And I was just blown away by that. Uh, And they all say the same thing, like, oh, my God, it's the most valuable program that I own of yours. It's what I use on all of my clients. And uh, I got more from that than any of the certifications that I have. And I'm like... Yes. That's what I'm always trying to communicate on the podcast. If you're a trainer and you haven't invested in Prime and Prime Pro, you're missing out because of all the things that we have and as valuable as all the programs are, if you're a trainer, the ones that are probably most applicable to your everyday client and helping your business out, 100% would be oh, that. Totally. Yeah. dude.
1: you know what else is funny? Is that because we were at altitude, mm-hmm. right? We live at San Jose is what? Sea level? Probably. Mm. Uh, we're in Denver, so we're at, I don't know how many thousands of feet elevation, higher than, uh, much higher than uh, San Jose. One drink yeah. is worth like three, dude. <laughs> I drank, uh, we did one shot and I knew better because remember yeah. I had, I had gone there with Jessica like three or four weeks before. <clears throat> so I knew better. So I waited. Ten minutes. And that shot, bro, hit me. I was like, oh, oh no, yeah. I'm drunk. I had that shot, and then I had they had nitro cold
3: brew there too. And so I had like this huge, like <laughs> one of those mason jar, you know, filled with nitro. And I was starting to drink it, and then I just got kind of the jitters, and I'm like, oh no. You know, that
2: that was like too much. I think that's why Taylor and Rachel were filling off a little bit.
1: Yeah, Taylor was a little nauseous. Yeah. Uh, because and I think it's same thing with me. I had a little bit of caffeine and it felt like I took twice as much. Yeah. I, that, that's what I didn't anticipate because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the caffeine guy.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I'm all in.
3: Uh, and that got me dude to that level where I was like, I haven't felt this in a while.
1: Yeah. I looked it up and, uh, you know, the alcohol interferes with, uh, the way hemoglobin hemoglobin, uh, utilizes oxygen. And because you already have less oxygen, uh, because you're at altitude, it just hits your brain much harder. Fucking felt like it. Cause then we went out afterwards. Yeah. And, um, Justin, who's, you know, we, we all know Justin has several livers. He was born with a condition yeah. that gives him uh, <laughs> kind of like an alien three or four livers. So yeah. he, you know, he's got that tolerance or whatever. So we're sitting there and Justin had, the lady was pouring us a shot because this is when we went out later. We asked for a shot of uh, whiskey or whatever. It was a crown. Yep. She's like, oh, I only have enough for one shot. And, well, as she poured it out, it was already there. And She's like, shit, I ran out. She's like, here's a free one. So Justin had like an extra shot. Yeah. He walked around with it. You didn't even have it. I was like, dude, I don't know about this idea. Yeah, yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, bro.
3: I was like, I might just sip this one. I I drank the first one fast, and then I was like, whoa. I yeah. You know, bro. I think I need to
2: pace myself.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: The two beers I had, I was I was definitely buzzing just from that. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. take much. It doesn't take much for me. Period. But uh, two beers was enough to toss me. Yeah. up. Well, they
1: opened up. Uh, uh, Taylor was able to open up nine more spots. For Seattle, which we're going to be at. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Awesome. This week, yeah, we're going to be at Friday this week in Seattle. So if you if it was you couldn't get a ticket because it was sold out, they opened up nine more spots. I hope they're still available by the time of the airing of this uh, episode. I didn't even know that. Yeah, it's mindpumplive.com. Go to Seattle. Yeah, yeah. So we have some more spots uh, uh, open and available. So
3: yeah, check it out, dude. Uh, did you ask everybody like where they found us? It was always interesting to me to see like. Uh, What other like podcasts or shows or anything else like that might have driven them our way? Like one of them was uh, Sex with Emily. And I was oh, like, you had a sex with Emily? One yeah, time. I had two people like tell me that, and I was so surprised by that. I was like, "Cool!" They they were just really stoked that we don't just stay in fitness. Like we were like venturing out and doing you know other subjects. And I'm like,
2: "Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's part of the human experience. Like it, this is all incorporated in health. Not only that, but I know that when we, when we first started, we all agreed that we would go insane if that's all we could talk about. Yeah, right? Yeah. True. I, mean, I love fitness. Don't get me wrong, and I love talking, and I know that's our that's our wheelhouse, but you know, I think. I want to you, talk about sex. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's fun. That's so. what we're experts. <laughs> at. That's our true expertise. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Practice all the time. Such experts.
1: One one listener. Uh, so every once in a while, when we meet these people, I recognize their faces mm-hmm. um, and by their Instagram handles. That's something. how I talk to them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and hey, at Rick One. Yeah, does yeah, it happen, yeah. to you guys too?
2: Yeah, I recognize faces, and then I connected to the Instagram handles. I'm terrible with names. Yeah, yeah,
1: so I'll remember a face, and and usually it's because they asked me a weird question at one point, and it just stuck with me. Right, so yeah. one of our listeners comes, she's walking up, uh, you know, to, to to say hi. This is after we were done, and I'm like, I know you, and she looks at me all like, huh? And I'm like, did you ever did you DM me, ask me a question or something? You know, whatever. And then she got super embarrassed, and so, and then more people came up or whatever. Then later on, she comes up, she goes. Yeah, I asked you a question after the Sex with Emily episode. I'm like, what question did you ask me? She's like, I asked you which sex toy was the best one. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, that's why I remember. I never yeah, get, yeah, no one, nobody ever asked me that question. And yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that was the one that I remember. That's had <laughs> multiple features. Yeah, anyway, yeah. Dude, so um, Business Insider. You guys ever read that? All uh, the time. Website? Great site, right? Great business site. Yeah. You're going to bring up the Viore article? Yeah, dude. I saw that. They, they ranked the top athleisure wear. Yep. Viore got over... Overall number one, better than so all the other. Beat out, Damn. beat out Adidas, beat out Nike, beat out all the other potential brands.
2: Yeah, take that, big dogs, dude. They're they're crushing. Yeah, they are. It was they're- cool to see too at the events. I, every time we do these, I see more and more people wearing the gear. What you find with like, and I get it because if it's a new brand you've never heard it, you you tend to like try like one piece like I'll, I'll try the shirt or a pair of pants yeah. and see because you're nobody goes out and spends a thousand dollars online first time, first time yeah. until you just get the fit down so right. but once someone buys it and they f- feel it and they wear it and they're like oh shit I love it and so there was several people at the event that were
3: yeah you can head, live in it I head, mean, to, head
2: to toe Viore man. well yeah, these,
3: these core shorts I seriously like especially <laughs> that the weather's warmed up like dude you can wear them for me it's the easiest because it's not like I mean th- there's other ones that are better for swimming in I think but these are the ones I wear all the time. Like mm-hmm. it's just, it's
2: easy and it's comfortable. I rock these. Doug, you said these are called the Sunday pants. Is that what you said? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. These are, these are my, I think I have five pairs of these now.
1: I, don't, I didn't get a uh, pair of those. I you want don't to, have nah, these with a the little,
2: zip, the little zipper
1: on the side? Uh, Maybe I do. Did they come in black? I like the ones you're wearing. I like too. These are my favorite so far,
2: but I like these way yeah. better.
1: Well, um triple digit growth is what it said in uh, business Holy insider wow. that they're going through Insane um, amount of growth. So, this
3: is like they're internationally like growing too, not just in the States. I didn't
1: know. I don't mm-hmm. know about that, but I do know that they're going through uh, tri- uh, triple digit growth, that they are now, they won Business Insider. Like, we are literally uh, working with a company, which this is phenomenal. This is great. Cause remember, we first start working with them, they were relatively unknown, right? Um, they're blowing up to the point where I could see in five years, this company is going to be. Like, they're already big time. They're going to be big, big time. Yeah. If they're getting highlighted like this and just crushing the way they are, we're looking at, like, another, like, mega- Powerhouse. Yes.
3: Yeah, like a Nike. One of those, like, big, big dogs. And I'm glad they like us, because that's cool. We can kind of hang out with them. No, no, no. Great, great brand. With the big guy. Anyway. Love their
1: stuff. So, on the way, uh, on the flight back, um, I listened to uh, Chris Kresser's podcast. Uh, Very technical. He's always got very technical podcasts, but- I like some of the stuff, and he did an article. Uh, excuse me, he did a, a an interview with I think it was Dr. Pimentel on SIBO. Um, do you guys know what SIBO is? Yeah, small intestinal overgrowth, bacterial overgrowth. Bacterial overgrowth. Yeah. Yeah. So SIBO is becoming a big deal in the um, the gut health uh, arena. They through testing now what they're finding. So in the past, a lot of people have had the diagnosis of IBS, irritable bowel syndrome. And IBS is just—it's uh, just a fancy way of saying we don't know what the fuck you have. Yeah. Like, you, it's true. Yeah. You go to the doctor. Like you have to shit all the time. I, I know because I, this was me. You go to the doctor. They do the fucking—you know—endoscopy, colonoscopy. They test you for any major whatever. Okay, we can't find anything. You have uh, IBS, and so there you go. It's like basically a diagnosis of uh, elimination. So we've eliminated all the stuff we know since we don't know what the hell's wrong with you. You have IBS. Um, Well, with studies now, what they're finding is that a majority of people with IBS, so if you're listening right now and you have IBS, whether it's IBS-C, which is irritable bowel syndrome characterized by constipation, or IBS-D, diarrhea, or alternating, because some people have both, they alternate, the odds are that you have uh, SIBO. They're finding now that people with IBS, it's because they have bacterial overgrowth in their small intestines, and this is what's causing the problem. And to treat this, uh, and here's the other thing, it's curable, totally, so you can cure it. Um, There are antibiotics that you can get, you can take, but there's also antimicrobial herbs that in studies are showing to be just as effective um, as antibiotics, which you can get, I think, over the counter. Um. So those two things. Didn't you do something like that? The, I did.
2: The the stack that you heard. I think it was Doctor Bush
1: or who did you? Research? I no. I found this myself through uh. the study. Um. One's called FC Cidal, and the other one's called Dysbiocide, which is a it's common no no affiliation. I'm not. We're not working with the company. Um. So do your own research. Make sure you do your own research. But um. Those are the two. But there's also th- other things too. Like you could take like peppermint oil, berberine, oregano oil. These are all natural antimicrobials. Um, but check this out. They're finding now, and this is breakthrough kind of stuff, that people are developing SIBO because of so, at some point in their life, they had um, a, an infection, like a foodborne illness infection. That foodborne illness infection caused something to happen in their body that now uh, possibly could have damaged the nerves in the, in the gut that reduce motility. So now small uh, uh, bacteria builds up in the small intestines. And they think it may actually be a form of an autoimmune issue. Because what happens with SIBO is you cure it and then the reoccurrence rate's like 60%. Mm-hmm. And so what they're doing with these people is to help reduce reoccurrence is they're putting them on a what's called a prokinetic uh, medication, which is something that um, uh, increases motility. But there's also natural... Motility-increasing uh, compounds like uh, ginger, for example, is something you can take. But anyway, fascinating stuff because I know how fucking frustrating mm-hmm. it can be to have these repetitive gut so issues. So what do you
2: say? It comes from things like food poisoning?
1: You could originally get it from that. Okay. Now, here's the other thing they said on the podcast, which I was fascinating. A lot of people will get food poisoning, and it's not major. You'll just have diarrhea like a, for a day, and then it goes away. Mm-hmm. Right. And that could have been what caused this kind of issue to where you're something that small and trivial, huh? it could cause this where, where you lose your motility and, and this bacteria can build up hmm. and the small intestine cause you all kinds of grief and problems. Cause people with gut issues, if you're listening, you know what I'm talking about? It'll last you forever. Mm-hmm. Like what the fuck's going on? You can cure this if you get diagnosed with SIBO. Um, and then if you get, if it comes back, there's ways that they can help uh, prevent it from, uh, from coming back. So this is, Fucking, this is big news, dude, because it, yeah. it's common. Yeah, IBS is like one of the most diagnosed things that are out there. Like So many people have it and don't know what to do with Speaking
2: it. Speaking of what you were listening to on the flight back, I have to apologize. Doug, that was me with the, the South Park. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you so, get to watch those episodes? I did. I did. Oh, man, I'm so jealous. I forget sometimes that I'm automatically logged into the business account stuff. yeah. And so I saw that message come across because I flew out before you guys and you and I, Justin, were in the hotel room and I, we were just talking about the, how great South Park is. and They're you know. so good. Yeah.
3: And, and, we and, forgot all
2: about them there And they, for a you know, they still make new seasons, right? Yeah. And and I haven't watched them in a really long time and Justin and I were talking about, you know what, with all the bullshit we've had going on in the last year or two, I, South Park, I bet, has got some great stuff. Yeah. And so I, we both got on and we started looking them up. And so... I bought like four or five of them so I could watch them on the flight, the flight back and I was dying. And then I saw the message from Doug saying like, uh, does anybody know anything <laughs> going on with the, the mind pump account where well, we have purchases for South Park?
1: What are the names of the two
3: uh, creators? Trey, Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Okay. Yeah. D-
1: did you ever watch the time when they went to the, was it the music? Yes. The, the... I was
3: telling Adam about that. Yeah. Where they show up in a limo and they're wearing the dresses of like what the hottest dresses, you know, like JLo's dress. The and- green one
1: with it was all open in the middle yes.
3: yes and i think it was like bjork's uh like swan dress or
1: something he told like me but i didn't know that now did you guys know that when they did that because i heard an interview later They're on on acid they were high as fuck on acid the whole time well because they said it <laughs> in the interview Oh,
3: did yeah, they? Yeah, when they're walking in. They're oh, there. that's why I heard and it. Dude, yeah. They were like, oh, yeah, it's great. We're totally on acid right now. they like, K-. I was like, I love these guys. Like, they're just calling <laughs> these themselves guys out. Are so insanely no, Justin cool, and I were up all night talking about it. And we are
2: yeah. t- talking about how great they would be for an interview. Like, like zero how, fucks. How awesome would they be, to be uh, on the show, they right?
1: Do so, they have such an important role in media. It's like call fucking everybody out and make fun of you everybody. Know what, it also
2: like, sent us down the rabbit hole of like, this type of humor, right? And uh, you remember Cranky? i
1: loved it yes
2: loved it dude i forgot about the do you remember the episode that they did where they called into like a like a home depot type of store and he talks about asking if they have any cock
1: oh no i never saw oh (laughs) dude
2: off air when we get off air right now i'm gonna play it for you because I must have played it oh, five times. Until I was dying. It's this guy with like so a good. English
3: accent and everything. So I don't know what it is about the English accent, but like people tend to just listen a little bit longer. I think pro-
2: it sounds proper. That's yeah, why. yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. He sounded like he was like legitimately asking good questions, yeah. but it was like. Totally, Do you guys like, sell
1: stiff cock? Yeah. Oh, just like, it, Does it get hard? Yeah, you know, yeah, after
3: yeah. a certain amount of time, like, yeah. how long is that time? Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> what was the what Sony was black cock? One of the ones in the uh, back in the day was uh, what was that one where you could you you could listen to? It was on a cassette tape the first time it came out. Then it was on CD. It was uh, Jerky Boys, Jerky Boys. Yes. Yeah, wow. Yeah, that brings back yeah, yeah, memories. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Jerky Boys, Crank
2: Anchors, all those. Like yeah. that's how we. Just and I were going down like the, the old rabbit hole, going listening to these old ah, episodes. the good old days.
1: Did you guys ever do crank calls when you were kids? Yes. Yeah, uh-huh. that was a
2: popular thing when I was like
1: before there was caller ID. You Can't do that shit anymore.
2: Right. No, even when there was Star Six Seven used to block your number. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
3: I mean, that's it's funny because when I was in college at this private school, it was really boring after a while. Like. a... I didn't have a car, and you're just there with other students. You were just trying to pass the time. So we'd take. There's one book. It's like the student book. Basically, before Facebook, there's like the the Facebook. Like you, you, you're able to like call whoever randomly, and so we totally just would call and like leave like really inappropriate messages to everybody. Do
1: you know who I used to crank call all the time? Hmm. This was my favorite thing to do. So, whatever gym I was managing, I would crank call my front desk. All the time. (laughs) All the time. And so when I worked in Salinas... Because you could watch them, right? Oh, and I had fun with them, you know? So you got to have fun when you're working in a gym. Otherwise, it sucks. So I I worked in... The first club I ever managed, I was a kid. I was 19. They gave me Salinas. So it's like way the fuck out there. Uh, Large Hispanic population. So I go out there. I ended up... I loved it down there. I had a great time on my staff. But anyway, my front desk... You know, I had a front desk girl working at the front. I'm in my office. And so I call up and I change my voice and everything. And I'm like, can you please page my husband over the intercom? She's like, sure. You know what's his name? And I said, last name is Dejo, first name is Ben. So she's on the intercom. <laughs> this is, remember, all this is like a per, like a lot of Spanish speaking members. Whatever. <laughs> so she gets on the intercom. Attention members ben, and guests. Well, Ben well. Dejo, please come up to the front desk. <laughs> Ben Deho to the front desk, and after she after she said it like three times, she goes Ben Day. and then she hangs up and she comes to the back. She's like, "Fuck Sal," <laughs> and I was just like, pissing my me, pants, uh, bro. Dude, I thought of you uh, recently,
3: Adam. Uh, I was reading this article about uh, Pampers and like how they're getting into this new quote unquote market for baby smart tech.
2: Oh, really? Yeah.
3: So they have uh, a, a line of diapers that are coming out that apparently uh, will. Of course, you know, hook up to an app of some sort where what? it'll alert you and let you know whether it's they've peed, whether they pooed. Like, oh, you know, it's brilliant between the two, right? Like, um, wait a minute, how the their fuck sleep, is- how 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 mobile they are throughout the
2: day, like how does this work? Well, they already have the so the ones I have, it's just like a wearable, have the line, stuff, right? right? So yeah. it, it when he pees, like it goes blue. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. So that's cool. So you don't have to stick your finger in there. So like the up. old school is pull the diaper out, stick your finger in there, and you find old out school if-
1: move is smelling.
3: Yeah. so I go. in No,
1: nope. <laughs> that's dirty. Yeah. So what? Do you, so okay. So let me get this straight. You're gonna fucking hook up a Wi-Fi Bluetooth signal to your kid's fucking genitals. There you go. Yeah. There. you yeah, go. That's, that, that's the sound. alarmist. That doesn't in sound. All. Yeah, yeah. There you go. That doesn't sound like a good idea. <laughs> oh, it's gotta yeah. be okay, bro.
2: I can't imagine the signal that's any more powerful than your damn cell phone you're holding when you're holding. Yeah, that your You're not
1: putting it in his fucking diaper. Yeah, but it's not. It's also
2: not a probably a 5G cell phone either it's probably like a little thing dude the, the, the
3: trippy part though so it doesn't stop there like they're already trying to like really dive in all these tech companies are getting thirsty about this right so you, you know there's other things in terms of like being able to mimic the way that you're like Shh, like you your the, the noise like the parent makes and then they're able to do that if there's any unrest in the middle of the night like that'll come on and just be like Shh, oh my god dude. Ah, you know and like soothe them. And so I I forget what they're saying, but like later on, they're like, oh man, like in terms of like being like soothed and triggered and all this, like what, what does that adult look like? You know, by the time that, uh, you know, they grew up with all this, all these soothing mechanisms already <laughs> built in for you, you know, I, I was like, oh man, that's dude, interesting. Robot, it's very
1: interesting. Robot nannies, dude. They're fucking around the It'll corner. It'll
3: be in your home. You know, like that's yeah. the thing. It's like all this feedback and You know, all this stuff about human behavior is like really getting engineered. They're going to
1: design the most patient, perfect, like AI nanny. Well, we have the. We we have. We haven't used it
2: yet. It's one of the thousand boxes I have that I haven't opened and tried, but we do have the. The ankle thing that he wears, or whatever you seen those? No, Uh, where that like he's on house
1: arrest. Yeah, damn, he's young. (laughs) Yeah, that kid's already doing crazy. It keeps it it tracks their their
2: movement through the night. It also tells you their their temperatures, so you can manage their temperature just right, so they're not too hot, too cold. So. Uh, I forget what else does. is. You're not does. doing the
1: cold therapy with him yet? No, 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 no. He had his first <laughs> bath last night. Oh, shit. How was it? Yeah, yeah, first oh, bath. Oh, that's yeah. fun. Now, who gave it? Was it just you two? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah just yeah.
2: me and Katrina. In the sink? Just uh, No, we have one of those, like, um, it's it fits in the bathtub. Yeah, a little, little baby tub or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and then inside of that has, like, a little mesh. Net. Did he like the water? Yeah, he loved it. Oh, that's so great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Katrina was uh, on it. She was really good. She, uh, she actually steamed the bathroom up first. So the bathroom itself was really, it was fucking hot as shit for me. Uh, but it was warm, so the whole bathroom was already warm. Uh, and then the the water was lukewarm, whatever temperature or so it's supposed to be for him and yeah, dude, he's he was he loved it. He loved his first bath. It was great. Oh, it's know. so great, man! Yeah, yeah. So, it's and been... then
1: you wrap him up in the towel afterwards. Uh-huh. I love that. Yeah, you yeah. wrap up your little. And he's
2: smelled with they rubbed lotion all over him, so he smells so good. You know, the lavender. Smell- you do the
1: lavender lotion. Yeah, yeah. Just chill him out. Yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> so great. Yeah,
2: no, he's uh, he's uh so far everything that we've introduced or had to do that. I mean, He's hella chill. Yeah, I mean, I, I talked about. I think on the show I talked about. I mean, he didn't even cry during his circumcision. He didn't cry during his bath. He isn't. Uh, He hasn't. The only times he cries is if you got a shitty diaper or or he's hungry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Here's your voice now. That's what I'm
1: saying. You got to have me over so I can strengthen him a little bit. (laughs) Give him a little, a little bit of challenge. The the
2: greatest surprise (laughs) of everything has been, um, and it's been really cool, is the boys. Man, my dogs have they have completely changed. Hmm. Their demeanor has changed totally. Like how? They're just they're you know they can be a little. They're more gentle. Yeah. They can be when when get when people come over when they're with just me and Katrina they are already they're bulldogs they fucking sleep they're chill they're hilarious uh, when people come over there they get a little anxious and excited and they're all over the place and so I was kind of a little worried about uh, you know I'm like when kids are over too that they, they see kids because they're small and so they get excited and they want to play with and you them. guys have had so
1: many people over.
2: Yeah, and so I was really kind of worried about them being anxious. I even talked to, I think, before uh, when we had uh, Stephanie on the show about hiring somebody to go take them for an hour or two because I was really concerned that they were going to get jealous, that they were going to be all over him and jumping on him, and I thought I was really nervous about that, and they, they've they just changed. Their demeanor's changed. It's like they know that there's this this baby
1: that's in the house, and now do that, you think it's they're feeding off of you and Katrina's <clears throat> demeanor or that the, the baby's in there maybe all of it all of it you know you That's like so w- crazy it's cool
2: too because oh, yeah. he'll he'll like start crying and then the the boys kind of perk up and they don't they kind of walk over. And then they, they kind of sit down and they just kind of wait and they just pay attention to what she's doing oh when she's God, with them. So great, yeah. No, it's cool. And then if he's making noises when he when he's sleeping, so that they'll, they'll like they'll get up on the couch and they'll kind of peek on him to see if he's okay and stuff. No and way. Like, yeah. No, it's dope, dude. And I can put him down right next to him, and they they don't paw at him or anything like that. They they love to smell him and get close to him, but they won't put their paw up on him, which is weird because they'll do that to humans. Anybody else? Like if you. Or playing with my dogs. One of the things that so I, they know I'll, to be gentle. They know he's fragile. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's interesting how they're like that. They just all. That's
1: why dogs are the most special animals in the world. No. They, they really are, man. You, you see them do stuff like that, and it's like they, they were. That's the animal that we that's closest to us, I, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah,
2: it was. It's been cool. I was worried about it, and it's been uh, it's been awesome to watch mm. the way they act around them for sure. Uh, Dude, sure. You, you guys know when I brought up this the, that silly
3: thing that they were like promoting on Facebook about storming Area 51. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Is, so it,
1: is it real or not real? So it's not real. I it's, mean, it, it was
3: just totally satirical, like somebody put that up there uh, but they did, as a joke.
1: they did talk to, I, I think that the, the US, the, whatever, the military did uh, talk to the they, people at Area 51 and They issued right. a warning. Yeah. A legit warning out there for like, people. Probably not a good like, idea. Don't like, do this. Yeah, yeah this is we'll a really you. bad idea.
3: And uh, because it was getting traction, just like anything else, it starts out kind of as a joke. Somebody thinks it's serious and, and is like gung-ho about it, then gets more people involved and then it turns into a clusterfuck. Anyway, you know, just like with uh, the, the paranoia going into uh, the Mayan calendar and like the end of days and all this stuff, people are going to cash in on this. And so like, there's been a few companies that have already put out there. I think Budweiser was one of them. They they put out a whole labeled uh, version of Bud Light where uh, it was all alien, like inspired so and everything. Smart. Legos so- made specific alien type Legos for this. Like digiorno got like pizza boxes. Really? with Like alien oh Area God. 51. So smart. Yeah. I was like, oh, man. Yeah, dude. Like the trend, the viral thing is is – really something that that companies are trying to get like better at and, and get quick to whatever everybody's it. paying attention to let's like create a product in that direction like oh, right away it's totally. pretty crazy that's to watch that's
1: great i saw i, I was just that ba- i took the, the kids to baskin robbins yesterday and uh, they had um scoops ahoy all over remember Scoop, scoops ahoy from uh, stranger things oh yeah all bat. so baskin robbins is working with stranger things and is is creating themes like making Baskin Robbins look like the the ice cream place that the kids worked at uh, oh, at wow. Stranger Things. Yeah, that's, that's so smart. Buddy. I know, right? Oh, that's brilliant. It's so cool. Speaking of kids stuff,
2: dude, you see uh, Disney um, actually just had In Game surpass Avatar in the all time grossing movie number effort. one ever. Yeah. So they've they've done it officially. So they are. So they officially. Not only that, but I didn't know this. I didn't know that when when Disney acquired Fox, they also took uh, the rights to Avatar. And so they so Disney beat that's themselves, insane, bro. Yeah. So Disney is like owns like all the the biggest grossing movies. I want to know the payout. dude. I want to know what they paid James Cameron oh, for man. that franchise. So they so they so they had the rights to that. And from 2021 to 2026, they already have plans to release four sequels to that Avatar. Well, so,
3: see, I had no idea about that because up. yeah, I knew that they'd already filmed and shot like four. They're pretty much done in terms of like just filming with the actors like they did them all in succession already Dude. oh they did yeah so it's like it, the content's already there now they're just going through them all but yeah they're, they're gonna launch them all like back to back to back and just kill it in D- the box office. Disney's
1: in my opinion a smart buy uh in oh, the market okay. I mean back we, in we, we've
2: been saying that for
1: over a year well now. back in March um, which luckily I bought shares back in March they were at around $110 a share mm-hmm. now and then this was you know they Real quick, bounced up. Now they're they're playing around on 140. Dollar range per share. I got them at hundred flat. Yeah, I think that they're going to be. Uh, I think they're going to keep going up even uh, higher. I dude, mean, they're, domination. They're,
2: they're, and they they haven't even really done the streaming service mm-hmm. yet. Wait till. Mm-hmm. And here is what what's so brilliant about that. And you know, I know I keep talking about how they're going to you know take over. I, you may be right that you know multiple streaming services uh, will be around. Yeah, but all. they
1: have their fingers in all of them. Yeah, that's well, the
2: thing. Exactly, and not only that, but what they're doing and what I think is so smart is it's Disney. So. They're going to own the kids, which if you own the kids, you own the market for the next 20, 30 exactly. years. Exactly. Exactly. So maybe Netflix is doing well with Amongst Us because they're playing to us like the Stranger mm-hmm. Things, which is, uh, appeals to our generation very well. But Disney's like, I don't give a fuck about your generation. You, you, you fools would going to be dead in 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm worried about the generation coming up right now. That's five yeah. you know, yeah. and yeah. 10. And that's who they're going to end up catering to. And then once they have them, they'll have them for the next you know, fifty years or whatever. I'm gonna that? get more. I'm gonna get more Disney
1: no, shares. I think. Well, no, I'm on board with Smart that. Buy.
0: This quaz brought to you by Organifi. First question is from Ander Beth. Does foam rolling actually help or is it more of a short term solution? How about vibrating foam rollers?
1: Mm. You know, I haven't told the story of the vibrating foam roller for a little while on the podcast. Yeah, I Remember it's that feel one? Like it's been a couple times. Yeah, ago. <laughs> years ago. <laughs> has it really? Yeah, yeah, it I'm going to tell it again. Just All for, right. We we do got it. a hey. bunch of new listeners. Let's do it. No, a long time ago, I bought one of the first vibrating foam rollers from uh, performbetter.com. Yeah. And I get it, and it it was weak. It had this little knob that you turned on or whatever. So I'm like, whatever, I put it in the corner, never use it again. I had a client come to the gym with their kid, uh, which I would have oftentimes at a small studio, and the kid was playing with it yeah. and pulls the center part out, that's the vibrating part, and it's a <laughs> fucking old school dildo, old yeah. school vibrator. That was that, that, That's what they did, Perform Better bought a bunch of... These vibrators, like hopefully just, not previously used. Yes. Yeah, put it in there, and they said, "Oh, it's a vibrating uh, foam roller." Anyway, <laughs> just want to tell the story again. It's yeah. that true story actually happened. I wrote to them, got a refund. Um, there's there's a lot of
2: value in in foam rolling. I think uh, there's a lot of things that we um, didn't understand or were mistaken about originally. Like we used to tell people that you were breaking up scar tissue adhesions Um, yeah Mm -hmm. adhesions and knots that were uh, on the muscle fibers like so the the understanding of the foam roll I know that I was wrong about for many years Uh, but I do see a lot of value in it now I like how they worded it is it a short-term solution because it isn't uh, addressing the the root cause though still so there it need there needs to be more work than just the foam roll Uh, so using a foam roll can be beneficial to give you temporary relief so that you can get into positions or get, do movements that will help promote uh, better patterns. But as far as using it only and and like what I think a lot of trainers do, which is that like, and I was guilty of this. Having my client foam roll for ten to fifteen minutes before we do our workout, and that's that was like that was it. Mm-hmm. Like you foam roll for 10 to 15, roll the IT band, roll your calves out, roll the piriformis out, and then you see me, and then I would train you. And yes, it gave them temporary relief. Yes, it allowed us to exercise better, but I wasn't addressing what was continually causing uh, all those knots or uh, in in them. So that that's where you have to go yeah. deeper. Yeah, yeah I like it roll.
3: as a targeted self massage to unlock better movement. Like it, it, like in terms of like, if I have a limitation and I know with me and my hips, I'm constantly battling just like trying to make sure I get in mobility practice, but sometimes I let it go a little too far and I just get really restrictive. And so it does help me to, uh, you know, gain back a certain ranges of motion and also alleviate some pain. So there's definite value in it. Uh, it is a, is a great way to alleviate some pain, but I do see it more as a temporary solution Um, and mobility practices being my, my go-to from that, from then on out, I used to foam roll all the time before Mm. uh, a workout. That was like definitely something I prescribed my clients.
2: When we started this podcast, Mm -hmm. when we started this podcast, um, I know Sal used to talk about it. I did too. Uh, the first 10 to 15 minutes of every workout I spent foam rolling. And it wasn't until I really, uh, start to work until I saw a brink and then really started to address my mobility and was introduced to FRC. And, uh, and then I completely just stopped using mm-hmm. it. And all I did was mobility priming, uh, before I got into a workout and never looked back ever again.
1: Yeah. You have to understand, um, <clears throat> kind of what muscle is and, and what it does to understand the benefit of, uh, things like foam rolling. So if I, if I, Peeled one of the muscles off your body and put it on the table. Um, it would be extremely pliable. Uh, it would it would have lots of flexibility. Um, it would essentially you wouldn't know the difference between a tight muscle and a loose muscle if I took them out of your body and put them on the table. Um, the difference is uh, when it's in you or on you, I should say, is your central nervous system. Your CNS is what controls the muscle and makes it feel tight. Or loose. It's what gives muscles their ability to stretch and elongate or to stay tight and to stabilize uh, your joints or whatever. So it's all about the central nervous system. And so what happens when you apply pressure on a muscle is it sends a signal to the CNS that says, relax. Now at first it tightens up. So if you've ever had a deep tissue massage and you have like, let's say you have tight traps, right? Real tight neck muscles or whatever. And the massage therapist pushes on them hard. At first it's like, ah, and it hurts. But then if they keep the pressure on there long enough, and if you kind of allow yourself to relax and you're not holding your breath and tensing everything up, all of a sudden you feel what massage therapists will call a release. A release. Yep. And what ends up, it's just your CNS going, okay, we can chill out a little bit. Now, why does why are some muscles like this on you? Well, it's a protective mechanism. If you have poor movement patterns, if you've had a previous injury- or emotion, emotion will do this as well. Um, you can get angry or stressed out or um, you can feel a particular way and it'll cause your body to tighten up and hold your shoulders and your and your body in a particular position. So all those things can affect how you hold your muscles. But if you have these poor movement patterns or you have these emotional patterns that happen and now you've associated a movement pattern with it, the, uh, the you, you, you can get the CNS to kind of chill out for a bit. So if, let's say you're mid back uh, lacks strength to support your shoulder girdle, um, uh, then there's other muscles that are going to take over. And then those muscles are going to stay tight to protect your shoulders from injury. And so you may have really tight neck and not know why the hell your neck is so tight. If your IT band, uh, which is runs along the side of the leg, that's the most common place people will foam roll. If that's always tight, it's probably because your hips or your ankles Aren't uh don't have the right kind of mobility, and so the IT band is just tight to protect right. your knee. Uh, now, what it's you
3: working overtime?
1: That's right. And wh- what will happen when you foam roll is it tells those muscle or it tells the central nervous system it's okay right now through through some through a mechanism we don't fully understand, but it tells that area to chill out and relax. Now, why is that part of a long term solution? Because like Adam and Justin said, now when I get that to relax, I can move in a way. That will strengthen better movement patterns. Because what ends up happening when these things become tight consistently, you get inflammation and pain. You overcompensate. And now when I move, because I'm tight and in pain, I move that way. Right. And how am I gonna how can I strengthen a movement pattern if I can't get into that movement pattern? So foam rolling is a hundred percent part of a long term solution. By itself, it is not a long term solution. Just a no. It is a short term solution.
2: All on its own. Also how the, the vibrating plate and the vibrating foam roll works, to your point. Same it, thing. Yeah, that, that just relax. It's just sending it to – I remember the first time that we did the, the plate, you know, and it was like, oh, shit, okay, I get it now. I see what's happening because I was like, what's the big deal about these, these vibrating plates that everybody swears by how amazing they are? And it's like all it did – and I remember because this was during the time when I was really working on the depth in my squat – And I just didn't have the hip mobility, and I was tight calves, and have the ankle mobility didn't have any of it. And I got on there, and I got into a really deep squat, and I was like, "Oh shit, this is a trip." Mm -hmm. And what it did is just that vibration—it's scrambling that that hardwired like signal that your
3: body was getting. That no, we can't, we can't move this way. We we got to stop. All the governings need to take. It
1: actually, it's like it confuses the CNS because every every vibration, every oscillation tells the CNS to tighten, relax, tighten, relax, so fast that it almost. It's like, you're, uh, it's like you're, you're on your computer, and you, you hit a button that scrambles it, and it doesn't know what to do, so it shuts down. So it's like your CNS is like, what do we do, what do we do? And it just it, it short circuits. yeah. And all of a sudden, you have this, all this new range of motion, and you can get into positions you couldn't get into before. So vibration does this uh, very, very well. You take uh, a foam roll. Now, here's the thing, though. It's got to be a good, powerful vibrating foam roller. It can't be like the crappy one that I talked about. You know, earlier can't when, be a dildo. No, yeah. gotta, <laughs> a dildo. Don't roll no, with a dildo. It's not strong enough. <laughs> Plus it might yeah. Uh, yeah, surprise I, you. Although uh, I'm sure there are some that are strong yeah, enough. It might make its way somewhere. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, maybe the Hitachi wand that you plug into the wall. <laughs> that's an old school uh, reference there to a good one. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> Someone knows their dildos. Yeah, he's been, he's been in the game a while. Let me tell you, bro. I do my research on things yeah. I'm into. Uh, but anyway. Literally. A foam roller that vibrates very strongly will uh, probably work better, cause a little bit less pain, allow you to to foam roll a little bit longer. But it's definitely a part of a long-term solution. Here's how I like to use foam rolling, okay? If somebody's really, really bad at getting to certain positions, I will use it before a workout, depending on the the individual. A place where I think it should be in most people's uh, routines is at the end of a workout. I love it at the end of a workout to prevent the occasional tightening up of areas that then prevent the solidifying of the signal that you sent with your uh, with your workout. So what could happen is you could do all these mobility movements, um, strengthen new ranges of motion, then afterwards find yourself start to tighten up and then almost erase the signal that you just sent because now you're so fucking tight that you're moving like a robot. So at the end of your workout, you throw in foam rolling and that helps prevent that from happening. But it has to be targeted and it has to be individualized. So like in MAPS Prime, we actually recommend foam rolling at the end. We call it the post priming because mm. we always talk about pre priming, like prime before you work out. There's actually post priming as well. It's not quite as important, but still important. Uh, at the end, if you foam roll in a in a way that is beneficial to whatever your your movement pattern issues are, you'll see your progress. And the first time I experienced this, really, wasn't with foam rolling. It was with uh, massage therapy. When I had my my studio, I had a, a massage therapist that worked for me, who was the best massage therapist I'd ever worked with. She knew the body uh, like a really experienced personal trainer. And that was because she worked with uh, really good chiropractors for years and years and years. And what we would do, depending on the client, if I had a client who, let's say it was so hard, it would be hard for me to just get them to get into a position, um, like a common one. Let's say somebody had just really bad forward shoulder. I'd say her name was Devin. It's okay, Devin. uh, John's going to come in, super bad forward shoulder. She knew- she would work on his pecs, his shoulders, and his upper traps because those were the muscles that were just keeping him from getting in the proper position with my rows. Then I would do the rows with them, and they would get into better position. Then I would have clients that come see her that would see her afterwards, and I'd say, "Okay, this person gets really inflamed after we work out; things get tight." Um, I, I'd like them to see you post workout. Boy, those people who saw both of us, their their progress it used to blow me away. What would take me normally three months. Uh, of work with a client was like cutting down to a third, like a month, and I would see the same kind of progress. So that's when I really started valuing these kinds of tools and foam rolling, not as good as a a really good massage therapist, obviously, but way less expensive. And if you know how to apply it, it could definitely be a part of a long-term solution.
0: Next question is from Ricky Train. How would you approach your training or nutrition for combat sports such as boxing or MMA?
1: Man, MMA is getting so popular now. Um, a lot of people are training, you know, kickboxing, boxing, jujitsu. Yeah, way more uh, than ever before um, that I remember. You know, here's the thing. This is true for all sports now. I think one of the mistakes people make when they well they play a sport, but they're also a gym fanatic, is that they have a tough time prioritizing one or the other. I had this. This was a yep.
2: popular question at the live event. Yeah, I must yeah. have had three different people that asked, uh, and it wasn't MMA. Actually, I think one was. Snowboarding. Uh, another one was swimming, and and the I had the, a rugby guy. So r- yeah, this is a very common question, and a, a lot of times the the things the things they want to accomplish are. Oh, another one was a triathlete, right? So a guy wanted to be a triathlete, but then he also wanted to build muscle and get in shape, and it's like
1: yeah, I want to bodybuilding into triathlete. You know how how do I combine? Yeah, the
2: and they're asking like how I would train, and I said well, it's not that you can't try and train for both. Doesn't mean you can't lift weights to build muscle and doesn't mean you can't also train for a triathlon. But something's got to give, especially when you're you're going after conflicting modalities. So you just got conflicting
1: gotta, adaptation signals right. Right. Yeah. right.
2: So you have to be okay with giving a little on one of them. So what I always what I said to all of them which is, you know, which which one of the two is more important? And whichever one of the two is more important, that's what you prioritize. And then the other one is maybe one or two days a week. That's Mm -hmm. it. So if it's like you really care about building muscle, well then build a a training program that's probably three, four days of lifting and then one day of running or swimming or something a week. And then if it's the other way around where swimming or the triathlon uh, triathlon is more important, that should be three or four days a week. And then you're only training one day or two days of weight training. Do
1: you know how this took me a long time to learn? When I first started doing uh, jujitsu, obviously I've always been into resistance training and I was real hardcore into it. I made a big mistake, which was I kept up my normal resistance training and then went all in with jujitsu. Yeah.
2: You're asking for an injury doing stuff
1: like that. I learned real quick that I sucked at everything. <laughs> I yeah. didn't progress anywhere because it was just too much. And at some point, uh, maybe a year or two into jujitsu, I was like, okay, I want to just – oh, you know what it was? I did my first tournament uh, a year into it, and I lost. And that loss made me go, okay, am I going to compete again? If so, I'm going to take this super serious. So I took my resistance training down from five days a week to once or twice a week, just like Adam's mm. saying. And I was doing jiu-jitsu three to four days a week. And then my progress skyrocketed. So if you're a, a boxer and you train, or you train in MMA or jiu-jitsu and you love it and, and you want to like get better at it and use resistance training or training to augment it, honestly, once a week probably is enough uh it actually once a week might be ideal for you uh in this case especially if you're doing three or more days a week of this other type of training right, right. You i'd know? say
2: one to two that's what i would say just depending obviously there's going to be some people that can handle more resistance training and just because you can do three or four can handle it doesn't mean it's optimal like to your point so
1: yeah like oh i can i can tolerate all this damage therefore <coughs> it's ideal no you you don't want it's not just about tolerating it it's about progressing So the best results I ever got with the people that I trained that did that were hardcore into MMA and Jiu Jitsu was a one day a week, not on the day that they're doing any anything else. So it's a day dedicated to itself, and it was a full body resistance training routine. And depending on the person, uh, it would depend on uh, you know there are a few factors that I would consider, but oftentimes what it looked like was a traditional full body routine focused on compound lifts. And doing and focusing on what resistance training does best, which is make you stronger. So mm-hmm. I wasn't trying to mimic boxing or jujitsu with weights. That's a big mistake. Uh, <laughs> I, I see a lot of guys doing like they're like, "Oh, I do jujitsu four <laughs> days a week, and then you know two days a week I lift weights." And well, how do you lift weights? Oh, I do all kinds of crazy circuits, and I, I don't have any rest because that's best for. And I'm like, yeah. no, 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 no.
3: You've seen a lot of improvement though in a lot of these camps, and where they they sort of separate this out. In terms of like which coaches they bring in timing wise, which ones work with like certain grappling skills, which one then comes in and, you know, depending on their opponent, like it's really lasering in uh, a lot of like specialty type skills and training and like how you time that all out specifically. Uh, So it's a, a pretty complicated answer to give you in terms of like you know what's going to be best in terms of weight training and like what what stage are you in are you like in an off season sort of where it's like i'm just working on strength right now are you like in a camp where you're like you're on a clock now where you have a certain amount of days before your your first bout and you know what that all looks like it all has to be drawn up like very uh methodically and i think that um I think this is like one of those questions that's like for me it's 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 nails on a chalkboard because it's like it's so general like it like this is a very specialized question you need to get like really good coaches to draw this up for you and and be able to manage your stress uh, so it's appropriate because it's one of the most stressful things you could possibly get yourself into. Well, what
2: I what I found with the people that were asking me the questions at the live event and it's probably so here is they tend to be people that are more weakened warriorish, mm-hmm. Uh Like, the, the, yeah. the triathlete guy. Yeah, he, they're not so, that, so, you guys, yeah, yeah, he makes sense with the one to
3: two <laughs> times a week. I think, right. He's not, he's
2: not trying to be, you know, break any records or, you know, progress year over year and become this super badass. Or the same thing with the, sk- the guy that was swimming and the girl that was snowboarding. She just, you know, I want to get better, you know? And so it's like... So for those people, my answer always is just, you know, whichever one is more the priority. And I'm going through an example of that right now with swimming. Like it was just what a couple months ago, I was like hardcore talking about uh, getting into swimming. And I was and I was doing a lot of it. So much to the point that my uh, my aesthetics were starting to suffer. I wasn't body school, I wasn't building muscle in the gym. I was most of my time was in a pool, and so
3: you had to make a
1: choice.
2: Yeah, and I and I did. And I, I chose because I I do still like to look muscular and be strong and lift weights. Uh, I scaled way back on the swimming and have been lifting way more weights because I didn't like the direction it was going. It was too much swimming, not enough weight training. And uh, as much as I want to get into swimming, I'm not going to do anything with it. I'm not trying to be a fucking pro swimmer or anything like that at all. I wanted to learn the craft. I wanted to get a little bit better at it, but not at the not at the risk of losing my physique. And so I made adjustments. So this is the same thing for anybody. Like if you are into a, a sport, uh, sports aren't most all sports, unless you're into bodybuilding as a sport, uh, is not geared around aesthetics and looking and, and building muscle and losing body fat. It's no, the way you
1: look work. is a side effect of it. Yeah, yeah.
2: right. It's and, and sports are performance based, and so they're going to be different, different goals. So just, you know, prioritize the one that's most important to you. Uh, the other one is probably one to yeah. two days a week.
1: Now, if uh, I'll I'll be general, I'm going to give you guys a general answer here for the average person listening. You're probably not a hardcore competitive. MMA athlete looking to become pro. The average person just likes to do it, likes to do jiu jitsu, likes to box. Um, if you like those a lot, here's a good general routine that you can do once a week. Do a full body routine, five by five, five sets, five reps. Pick, you know, four to maybe max five compound lifts. I like four. Go to the gym, maybe do a squat, a bench press, a row, and something else. Five sets, five reps. That's it, once a week and that should improve your strength uh in your other sports where you can see that that kind of car- carry over. I just laugh cuz uh those are like the two <laughs> like worst
3: sports to pick as a leisurely activity. What? <laughs> yeah. You know it's like yeah, well, I just like kind of like to box and you know do MMA occasionally. What the
1: fuck are you doing? Jiu-jitsu is uh, actually great though. We we yeah, we, jiu-jitsu. Jiu-jitsu we, we didn't
2: answer the nutrition part. I did give a nutrition advice to the people cuz they asked the same thing. Uh, when you're playing, the, the the probably the biggest mistake I see with someone who's trying to improve their aesthetics and then also play a sport is dieting um, while they're doing this. Oh
1: man, your performance goes down the tube, right?
2: And so that was my advice to all of these people that were asking this question: is okay if your priority is this this sports and you want to get good at it. Uh, and, and overall, you want to have a, a better physique. Don't make the mistake of also dieting really hard, because then not only is your performance going to go down, but then you're also sending the signal for your body to be more com- become more efficient with calories and slow your metabolism down. Yeah. So stay fed. There you so go. if you're into if you're doing MMA, you're doing boxing, you're doing snowboarding, you're doing swimming, you're doing triathlons, and you also want to be fit and stuff. Don't make the mistake of also dieting during this whole process where you're trying to accomplish these two things. Stay fed because if you also diet really hard and you're pushing the body's limits now you're 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 going to you're going to hinder your performance uh, in whatever sport or thing you're doing and then in addition to that you're also sending a signal to the body to adapt and become more efficient but with calories and s- potentially slow down your the metabolism. only
1: people that should diet are people trying to make weight for a particular sport other than that eat entirely for performance focus zero of your diet on aesthetics and the reason why I'm saying that is this if you, just like Adam said, if you eat for aesthetics while you're trying to perform, you will lose performance and you lose aesthetics. Mm-hmm. If you eat for performance, you'll gain a lot of performance and you'll also keep a lot of aesthetics. So if you're playing a lot of a sport and you're doing the weight training to supplement it or to augment it, so that's your favorite thing is a sport and the weight training is supplementing it, yeah. eat for performance. You need that nutrition. If you eat for performance, you'll get both. You'll get some of both. You'll get a lot of performance, some aesthetics. If you just eat for aesthetics,
0: right. you'll lose both. Next question is from Salinas174. Should an individual who wants to lead other people first develop themselves as a leader or learn to be a team player first? Oh, that's an interesting question.
1: You know what's funny? The the, the older I get, um, the more I realize that uh, the best leaders know when to follow. Um, I I think being a team player is being a leader. Uh, People who lead who don't... Feel like they're a part of the team. That's the kind of boss that is a bit tyrannical, a um, little bit ego, power hungry. Um, well, some you know, to it, it, be a great leader, you have to you have to be humble.
2: You have to be selfless. You have to put others first. So you and you have to know how to play well in team. You're not a good leader in my opinion unless you can do that. So I think it's necessary to first be a good team player before you can then lead others on a team. Uh, if you don't at first master that, if you if you can't be a part of a team of 5 or 10 or 20 people and know how to humble yourself, how to assist others, how to put others before you uh, for the overall betterment of the team and for all of us to win, if you can't accomplish that, you most certainly can't accomplish leading all those people because you then have to teach yeah. all of those people to do that. Well, so- you
3: are going to miss a lot of crucial signs and signals if you don't go through the process yourself. Uh, I think that there'll be moments where you could say something that could totally change the direction and the momentum of the staff or the team or whoever it is. Uh, and you would have more insight in that if you went through what they've experienced. Uh, so otherwise it's just like, I, I feel like you're, you're you kind of go back to your old go-to's of like how
2: to rally everybody or mm-hmm. uh, just, you know, get everybody in line. When I think back like to – when I try and unpack- – and I've had questions like this asked to me before when I've done interviews <clears throat> and where like my leadership skills came from, and I think a lot of it definitely derived from all the sports that I played and not being like the best player on the team, having to be a role player and mm-hmm. being okay with that. And I definitely – accepted that role and enjoyed it i was okay i didn't need to be the man now, i've been on teams where i was the best player but not most of the time most of the time i was not and most of the time i was a role player and 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 totally enjoyed just being a part of that and seeing uh, putting being a piece of the machine and watching it be executed and being okay with being the person who was assisting others to make them play great mm. and i think i enjoyed that so much like it, like when i watched the game of basketball Uh, and I I watch a play unfold. Um, Man, my favorite part is a great play and a great pass and assist. Like I, I enjoy that more than some you know flashy move that one guy made and then dunks the basketball. Like I don't. That doesn't appeal to me. That that's neat to see because you see this expression of athleticism in one person. Mm -hmm. But the the art of the game and team comes from uh, watching all the players move together and, and execute a play. And I love an assist more than I love anything else like that. Um, and also, a question like this that comes to mind, great books that come to mind. So two of my favorite books, uh, both are John C. Maxwell's. Uh, the first one, and I give this to all people that are interested in leadership, and that is uh, developing the leader within. Uh, so that's a great first one to read. And then the the follow up to that is developing the leaders around you. Mm. So those two books uh, speak to this exact
1: question. Yeah, when you it's uh, this is something that inadvertently has been of interest of mine, just because I like looking, uh, you know, learning about politics and, and world leaders uh, throughout all of history. And the most uh, effective leaders of, of all of history were never the ones who desired uh, leadership. They were never the ones who. Stood out and said, I'm the leader, follow me. They were the ones that were placed there um, by the people that respected them. Uh, they were the ones that were, I mean, George Washington, who won the, the led as a general and won the revolution, uh, when we won, his men wanted him to crown himself king of America. And George Washington said, no, uh, no, I don't want it. That's not what we fought for. We fought not against that. And that's what makes George Washington, um, that's what made him so respected. Among his men um, uh, and, and the people around him was that he uh, he didn't desire that. He was placed him. there. He was placed there. Yeah. Um, and that's really what it's all about. Um, you know we watch when you see on movies, you see like these these uh, tyrannical leaders where they've got the way they maintain their power is through fear, intimidation, manipulation. Um, and uh, that works great in movies. doesn't last very long in real life and it's actually bullshit. The truth is in real forever, for all of history, if you were a man or woman and you were leading and you were tyrannical and a piece of shit, all those people are conspiring to kill you. And at some point you will be overthrown because they didn't respect you. The The leader that's placed there by the people underneath them, the one who's respected, the one who does not seek out and search for power, boy, that's, that's an effective damn leader. That's the one that inspires uh, the people under them. So the only way to do that, in my opinion, is to be a team player first. That's number one. That's uh, you know, Adam said humble. I can't stress that enough. That's the most important uh, attribute of an effective leader. Now, you can become a leader by you know standing on a mountain, declaring yourself the leader, maybe being the most powerful, the loudest one, saying that you're the greatest, whatever. That might work for a second, um, but uh, it doesn't work for very long um, because uh, again, there's a lot of people under you. Um, And what you don't want is you don't want a team that um, fears you but doesn't respect you, who doesn't love you, um, and who doesn't think that you have their best interests in mind. So it's interesting because the people who tend to ask these questions, you know, how do I become a leader? And how do I – it's like, well, by not asking that question oftentimes, um, seeking it out and wanting that kind of power oftentimes is a sign that you're probably not the – and I remember this. I would have people on my team that I would give them these opportunities Mm – and put them in charge of a weekend or whatever, and I'd see that they were the fucking boss that was blah, 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 do this, do that, and blah, and, you know, manipulative, and I'd be like, well, that person's not going to be very effective uh, long term. They're not going to develop the kind of – they don't have the skills or the understanding to – I mean, what is it? It's like, the, it's like there's the leader that, that sits on the mountain and yells at everybody to charge, and then it's the one that runs forward. And then everybody just follows. Well, I, got big my, I got
2: my first leadership role, not because I was trying to get it at all. I, I remember when I got promoted and part of what got me promoted was as soon as I got on the team, um, the fitness team, and there's a team of trainers, there's 15 plus, I was like I've talked about before, I was definitely the the youngest, the least educated, but I was probably the one of the best team players. Um, I was always helping all the other trainers. If I learned something new, um, I was passing that on to all my my peers. It was something that I thought was very uh, odd that nobody else did that. Everybody else was very about themselves, and I wasn't like that. If I if I learned something new that helped me with my business, that made me a better trainer, that made me more successful, I looked at my my staff, the trainers that were a part of the same team as I was, as part of our team. Mm-hmm. And like I did in sports, I passed them the ball. I would share that information with them. And I did that on off hours all the time. And I'd you earned their respect. Right. And then I ended up earning all of their respect, which is what made the district manager recognize that I'd see that and then put me in a leadership role to where I then became all of their bosses, even though I was the yeah. youngest one. So yeah. I wasn't like, oh, I'm doing all this because I want to become the boss or become the leader. It was just something naturally that I did. I've been a part of teams for a very long part of my or very long time, and that's just a good team. A good team player is always helping his teammates and trying to make all of his teammates better. Isn't just solely focused yeah. on himself.
1: And that integrity, man, is so important. Just being honest, like it's such a that's such a big one. I, I really mm-hmm. can't stand uh, people in leadership positions that think that they have to lie or manipulate the people under them because. Um, it, that's, that's a, in my opinion, that's a terrible leader and it's not going to, and, and they're not going to last. And what'll end up happening is the people under them at some point, um, if they go off and do something else or surpass them, that, that respect is gone. It was like false respect. Right. Oh, you're my boss right now. Um, and they think they yeah, get a in the meantime, yeah. And they think they're doing a good job by manipulating them. Oh, I get them to feel this way because I say this or what I was like, be totally honest. You'd be surprised at how much people respect, uh, that kind of integrity. You
2: have to care about your people. Nobody mm-hmm. cares how much you know until they know how much you care, and so you have to lead that way, and you have to do that before you even become the leader. Because at one point, if you are leading those people, if you didn't show that you cared for those people, no one's going to follow you. Yeah. Yeah. You're I, simply going to be walking alone.
1: I had a really in- interesting experience a few days ago. I, I came in here, um, you know, my kids were out of school, and we popped in, and I com- totally forgot that uh, we were filming. Um, uh, we were filming for a, a program, and so there were like exercises and stuff, and. Um, and so, I first time I ever got to see Justin in his element, um, doing his thing. Because uh, what a lot of people may not know, and one thing I appreciate and respect so much about Justin is he's one of the most uh, quiet, quiet, confident uh, leaders I've ever met in my entire life. Never heard him uh, try to proclaim himself as the you know guy in charge of anything. His confidence and calmness when he does it—it's uh, uh, actually—it makes you want to be a part of it. So I'm sitting there with my kids and I'm watching him orchestrate this whole thing. And it was fucking really cool, uh, to see that, to see, you know, to see Justin doing his thing. And the thing I respect most about, uh, everybody in this room is depends on the situation or the element, um, is uh, everybody rises to that. Um, and the people underneath just, they just follow, but it's a, it's a very genuine, um, you know, genuine team. And it's, uh, it's, it's pretty cool to be a part of. It really is. I know. I really want to get you into sports ball, dude.
3: It, <laughs> I'm telling you, man. We, we, we learned so many lessons through that experience. Right. And I mean, I could, I could relate any analogy in terms of leadership and uh, team building and business building and all that thing to my experience through sports. And you do have to rise when uh, people are counting on you. And that's just something that you have to take upon yourself to, um, to do it and 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 care about everybody else succeeding. And that that's a crucial thing that you have to. Every now and then, you got to pop up and you gotta you gotta take the team with you. And then you got to know when to sit back and and everything is working. And so don't you know don't
0: screw it up. Like just just feed into it and and help people where you can. Next question is from Jack J. Buffery, training. That's nice. If one of the other guys put you in complete charge of their programming for twelve weeks, how would that look? You get to pick their goals. <laughs> That's the, we're gonna. Train did you pick other? this one,
1: Sal? I did. You know why I like this question? Because this is the truth. This is the truth. I don't give a fuck who you are. Uh, and yes, you know your body better than anyone. But if you get a good trainer, like a really good trainer who knows you really, really well, in many ways, you'll probably get trained better. Uh, by someone else than you will uh, yourself in some ways, in many ways, I would say. Um, and I'm definitely not immune to that. I think if Justin or Adam trained me, I think they would train me way better than I would train myself. I know my body very well. I've been working out for a long time. I know what I need to do, um, but I have my favorite things and I have things that, <laughs> I'm not, that I don't enjoy. Um, and, uh, and I'll include nutrition in there as well if we threw that all in there. And I think uh, there would be things that Justin would have me do. Um, oh, that I know, I know For sure, r- I wouldn't do. There'd be know, things that you do. I know right
2: do. away yep. what I would make you both do. So, for yep. so this person who asked this very clever question, I think this is cool. Um, I would definitely have Sal run, and I'll use our program since it's probably easy for people. I, I'm not going to sit here and write out fucking Sal's 12 week program. That would take forever. But something along the lines uh, of uh, MAPS performance uh, with a heavy focus on mobility. Uh, that would be what I would force Sal into. And I would uh, make him only stay in the you know five rep range for his three weeks, and then I would force him out of that in, uh, for a long period yeah, of time. Yeah, I'm not going
1: to hire you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Already. And uh, he would be doing uh, a lot of mobility work. I would definitely be uh, working on that with him. Justin, uh, I would probably train him very similar to like our map split program. Mm. Uh, which is very bodybuilder-esque because I know that he trains mostly away from that, and I think his body would uh, definitely benefit the most from that. Um, nutritionally, I think the guys uh, both are pretty dialed for what their goals are. Obviously, if I made Justin go on a bodybuilder thing, I'd you know, put him on a uh, just yeah. like he did when he did his transformation. Gotta be all shredded, right? If we're gonna be like here, but, okay. <laughs> but nutritionally, I don't think there's not much that I would actually adjust for either one of the guys nutritionally. I think they you probably lower my cheese amount, dude. Be honest. <laughs> oh yeah, okay, maybe yeah, I would yeah. You'd kill me on May, that. Maybe I maybe I would a yeah. little bit. So put um, them
1: on like a like a like a not, not like a straight up pre contest cut, but like a you know like a bodybuilder type aesthetic type of cut. I yeah, think it would be the, yeah, yeah different different than well, macro yeah. counting. That's what Justin would do. Yeah, God, oh I yeah, would
2: pull my
3: eyes
1: out. yeah, yeah.
2: yeah that's how I, I think. That's how I would train uh, both you guys. Yeah. That's, A- how, that's Adam.
1: Right. I don't think I'd do anything with his training. He's really good at uh, doing shit that he's not good at. Um, but with nutrition, um, I one thing that um, I would do with Adam is I would have him. I would go over all of his food intolerances and I would go over all the foods that tend to bother his gut that he ignores sometimes. Not always. Actually, you're really good at it now. Um, but, uh, I would take out, you know, when you have your artificial sweeteners, gluten and certain things, and I would make you go real strict, uh, with uh, some gut health testing. Um, not because I necessarily think he needs it, but I know that that's the one area that he isn't super, super, uh, interested in. Justin lately has been more, much more interested in that kind of stuff. Um, and I, I, I agree with Adam, I'd put him on a bodybuilder split. It'd be fun to see him fucking hate the whole thing. <laughs> The whole time, a yeah, lot yeah. of fun. Jump on stage yeah. in a little mankini. Yeah, no, no, I going to go that far, dude. Uh, I won't make you do it. Something I won't he's got do. such
2: a solid base. I think I could turn him into a monster, dude.
3: Oh,
1: I mean, yeah. if
2: I, I think if I put him on, if I, if he actually cared enough, bro,
1: he's already gets so much attention from the female fans that if Stop, he did that, dude. it would be stupid. I just think I could sculpt the fuck no. out of him, dude. I mean, yeah. he's not like
2: <laughs> you and I. Just he's had, trying to close room. You and I had <laughs> no, nothing dude, to work with. Not. You know, I feel like you and I had to build up for everything. Yeah. But Justin, I feel like he's <laughs> got such a better base that. I would have turned him into a monster oh, yeah. if I were to bodybuild him. You totally. Know? I don't know. Yeah, you'd have to do a lot of convincing in that direction.
3: I don't know about <laughs> that. Yeah, I think, uh, like, Sal, for me, it would be a really fun experiment. I think, like, just getting him – to move. I'd frustrate the shit out oh of you. Oh my God, I would love <laughs> like it. Lateral it like lateral jumps. I would just see his that? face every time we're doing an exercise that was like super functional and you'd just be like so pissed off. It'd be great. I would definitely have him in like a yeah performance type of based program where I could, I could definitely work more on lateral movement twisting rotational movements like things like that that gets him out of his set in stone deadlifting like frame yeah so <laughs> you've mastered that then let's do other things yeah um and then you know with adam yeah like he said he experiments a lot with different uh it wouldn't be hard to convince adam to do things i think what would be fun would be though to take him more back to his athletic roots and mm-hmm. take him into the peak performance stuff I, would, I
2: actually would love that
3: which uh we kind of we're flirting with at one point, but, uh, get power. Yeah. Yeah. And and even Olympic lifts and things that, um, super, super challenging. But now that he's done all the work mobility wise to, uh, you know, fortify his joints, I think, you know that would be a great progression and to see him then get back even though you know he had a bad experience getting back into basketball i think that if we took enough time you know we could really like uh, get everything just right so all the mechanics were in place and he could play again like uh, at, a, at a high level so that would be like a challenge for me i would i would love to train you know in that direction and as far as like nutrition for you guys you guys got it i mean i'm not like i'd I think for me like it if anything it would be to like bolster up your guys' calories quite a bit so <laughs> I'm not like sitting here all alone just like eating all the, eating all the food yeah you know? <laughs> so we stopped talking about it for a while <laughs> yeah, like oh man it's so much better this side of life okay? yeah, yeah it, it would be, have an ice cream it, it would be a, it
1: would be hard to train each uh, each other I think because you yeah. y- y- probably give give each other a little pushback and it would be a little argument and we would be like eh, who do you think would be the
2: hardest and who would be the easiest I think I'd be the easiest to train I'm so open to, like they what you just yeah probably you probably would, would be Either, yeah, what you guys say. both have said, I'm like, fucking bring it. I would yeah. love to do that. Yeah. Like yeah. I love I love that idea. No, Where, like I think you would fight me tooth and nail making you do the fucking <laughs> yeah, thing. getting you on the ground no and being doubt. like, because I know what it took for my, my ankle and my hip mobility, the amount of effort and work that I put into that, man, I can't yeah. express. And I get asked this a lot, like, you know, oh, what did you do? And it's just like you know what what it is is I just I fucking did a lot of it all the man. time, all the time, yeah. all the time. I thought about it. I had to turn. I had to, I had to get competitive with myself in order to 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 move the needle as far as I did from uh, from moving as probably the stiffest one of all of us when we first got together to now being one of the more mobile ones of us. I had to like I had to be competitive about it. I had to be like this is my goal. I'm going to yeah. be this, you know, and I had to be thinking about it all day long, just like I would in any sport or anything else I did. So uh, that I know would probably drive you crazy. If I was constantly you know, no, yeah. we can't deadlift today, Sal. We're gonna get, we're gonna do combat stretch for thirty yeah. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna do 90-90s for twenty minutes. Like, yeah. no, we're not gonna squat today. Yeah. Gonna- <laughs> I'm probably going let him deadlift for like three months. I would either, because yeah. I didn't do a lot of that stuff during
1: that time. Yeah. I really
2: did. I'm like, I'm right now. Enjoying- no, you have
1: to be. You have to be singularly focused on your goal. Yeah, I mean that's just a, that's just the bottom line. It would be funny. I think it would be funny and fun, but you know, too bad we're not going to do it. Uh, too bad <laughs> it's not going to happen. Yeah. 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 Sorry about that. Anyway, uh, if you go a to challenge. mindpumpfree.com, you can download our guides. They're all absolutely free. You can also find all of us on Instagram. You can find me at mindpumpsal, Justin at mindpumpjustin, And Adam at Mind Pump Adam.
0: Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com.